What is it? I said. Um, she thumbed over her shoulder. Can we talk in the living room? The photos are distracting. She tucked a strand of damp hair behind her ear. Okay. I could hear the fake inflection of my voice. It was a mixed falsehood of cheeriness and perplexity. I was neither happy nor confused, but I didn't want to make this any harder for either of us. I felt like I was about to deliver my greatest acting performance, aside from the time when I was 11 and lied to Mom about who started a small trash fire in the alley behind our house, blaming it on some neighborhood kids. I stood in motion for her to lead the way. It was only a few steps from any one room in the downstairs of our townhouse to another. She led me to the sofa and sat on the edge as if she didn't want to get too comfortable. My stomach sank and hurled through space and time and defied the laws of gravity as it bounced and hurt and made me nauseated. It was the same feeling I got when I rode the roller coaster. The sensation seemed appropriate for what I was about to go through. I was a born pessimist, or maybe I was a made pessimist, once my father was gone. But up to this moment, I still had a minuscule amount of hope. We weren't going to have the talk. The talk of all talks. The talk that would put both of us out of our misery. Well, it would put her out of her misery. I was quite content with my life and my surroundings. If I could only subtract Naomi's growing iciness toward me and the lack of satisfying sex. I could tell by her body language the next few minutes we were going to be the end of my current situation and I suppressed the anxiety of having to move and upend everything I'd grown accustomed to. All of this was ending. The townhouse, the furniture, the dishes, the towels, the television, the food in the kitchen, the ugly green rug by the door. It was all hers now. She'd purchased all of it. She made everything the way she wanted it. Except me. I was the one plate with a chip on the edge from where it was dropped while washing, or the towel that unraveled a little more each time it was washed. These things were still functioning and usable, but they were a thorn in the side every time you looked at them and thought, I should throw that out and replace it. She was hell-bent on exchanging the comfort of the relationship. Excuse me, sir, this one didn't live up to what it promised. Is it still under warranty? I'd like to exchange it. I was about to be dropped in the defective bin and inspected for a factory refurbish, if salvageable. I took a seat beside her and mirrored her posture, sitting on the edge of the seat. I understood why she wanted to do this in the living room. We wouldn't be facing one another. She didn't have to look at me when she told me. She rubbed her thighs as if her palms were sweaty and stared at the coffee table with a million-mile expression peppered with concern. She said, I don't know where to start. This is so hard. She rubbed her palms on her thighs harder and lifted and tightened her shoulders in a tense gesture. I let her fidget for a few seconds, waiting for her to go on. I decided the best option was to pull the drain plug for her, break the seal, and let the rest come tumbling out. I said, does he treat you good? The question caught her off guard. It caught me off guard, too. 
It wasn't how I wanted the conversation to go, but it was the question at the back of my mind all these months.